0: This is part two of Josh's chat with Jay Fitzgerald, and you're listening to a robot. Judgment Day is coming.
1: Was the next big thing, I guess, on the comedy cycle for you, was that the 2017... comedy festival the comedy out west competition was that
0: yeah yeah so what happened there um I jumped in for raw comedy again so stupid me second gig ever raw comedy uh 2017 and from that didn't do like I didn't get through to the next round but they sent out an email and they were calling for entrance into comedy out west they were only taking 14 they were sending it to basically everyone from raw I went along to that and I was telling the MC, like, everyone's talking about all their experiences. There's people that are fully registered in festival, like, they know what they're doing. And, yeah, I said to the MC, this is four- going to be my fourth time on stage. She just sort of looked at me with a raised eyebrow and I said, oh, fuck, here we go again. This is going to be fun. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And anyway, yeah, so this was out at Kindred Bar in Footscray, about 100, 120 people there. And they all vote. So it's one of those, you know, vote them in audience
1: gigs. Okay. That's pretty tough.
0: Yeah, I came yeah. third.
1: Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, um, and normally they wouldn't tell you. Now they do with Comedy Out West, they tell them what they came and give everyone trophies and shit. But when I did it, it was only in its second year, maybe. Yeah, they didn't tell entrants normally, but they told me where I came because they were very, very surprised. Uh, even though it was an amazing set, they were surprised that I did so well, really, that I knew no one there to actually get the votes.
1: Yeah, so they were genuine support from the crowd.
0: Yeah, and so uh, the MC and the organiser said that I should continue with comedy, which is nice. That's that's reaffirming what I thought the first time I did it. Yeah. And then, yeah, she introduced me, the MC, to the Melbourne comedy scene and then the rest of it all pretty much fell into place. Nice. Yeah.
1: So was it actually... Comedy Out West, was that actually a competition or have I just muddled that?
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's a showcase show that's also a competition.
1: Yeah, okay. So third place? Yeah. And what did what was the winner of that basically getting? was well, What were you actually competing for? Oh, it was, oh, a
0: it was com- just a cowbell. Literally, Comedy Out West, cow. Yeah, the acronym. You'll, you Google it. Um, it'll come up and explain the whole thing. But yeah. I looked at it and I'm like, well, hang on. If all these people from the city are going to have a crack at it, I'm a country person. Fuck it. I'm going to have a go. And yeah, that's why I nice. jump to that.
1: Like the yeah. Okay, so I guess you said that you're doing you're introduced to the Melbourne comedy scene. How much yeah. comedy are you doing on a regular basis down there?
0: Um, I'm not travelling much down there because I, I just find it too difficult with my yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm producing so much up here.
1: So, obviously, with the restrictions you have with lifestyle. It's been not able to just travel off and do whatever gig you would like to and maybe disappear down there and do whatever. Yeah. You've decided kind of to bring comedy to you as opposed to going to it. Yeah. Was that something that appeared like, did that come to you straight away as a potentiality or did you think, oh, well, I really need to bring it to me because I can't go to it?
0: It, it kind of just naturally happened. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. I know as a film former, Entertainment manager of Sodom's in the mid 2000s, where we were having two or three shows a week a lot of the time. It can be a massive amount of work.
0: Oh, yeah. Pro- yeah. And, pulling shows together and producing them. Huge.
1: I guess the first question is probably more negative than positive. Did you have any idea how much work it was going to be to put on one show?
0: Ha, ha, no. No. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, do you want to tell us, talk us through that first show and the challenges? Ah,
0: uh, look, I, I had through my work at one of the universities here, I'd done a lot of event management and things like that, but I had never really gone into this far with event management because it was always internal, I suppose, with what I was doing. And, yeah, um, oh, gee, I reckon it probably took me six weeks to pull it all together, get a venue on board. And was this
1: already the regional rush hour? No. No, this was just an event?
0: No, this was just an event. So basically Regional Rush Hour, what it is now, has evolved from, it had two predecessors. Before Regional Rush Hour was comedy in the club and that was a different format to what Rush Hour is. Yep. Before comedy in the club, there was off-the-rails comedy, just straight up. That's all it was called uh, at O'Malley's in Wodonga. Okay. And that kicked off June 2017.
1: Right, and how many of those were you doing? Were you, were you bring my- were you bringing headliners in from out of town already? Yeah. Yeah. So how did you Well,
0: find- majority of the performers in the early days, no one was from in town. It was me. I was the only local.
1: Okay. And I guess there's a certain amount of you can't just put yourself on every show. No. You know what Aubrey's like? That'd be seen as being self serving or something or Aubrey can be a little funny with that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah,
0: Aubrey's interesting. Um because I can MC almost every show. Yeah. And doesn't go poorly. Yeah. People keep coming back. Yeah. But yeah, it is what it is. It's all it's Aubrey. Like We've only got a limited pool of comedians here.
1: My former band, when the hotel was getting a lot of bands of Butterfly Effect and Cog and bands of that ilk, the more heavy rock bands, there was really only one heavy band in Albury that didn't have any heavy metal in it, which was my band. I used to cop a lot of crap because we would always end up on some of the biggest shows, but mostly it was their management coming back to me and saying, well we've checked everyone out in the area and you're still the only band that's suitable, it, yeah. it, it has to be you. I,
0: do you know what? Even if I copped crap for it, I wouldn't give a shit yeah. because the reality is unless someone's <laughs> going to do it better, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think that's that's tying into tall poppy syndrome and that's funny because like tall poppies in Aubrey is hilarious, yeah. the notion of it.
1: Yes, it is, <laughs> rather.
0: But I believe that with the music scene because on the periphery, I actually work alongside the music scene. Yeah. And it can be quite cannibalistic. It can be, it can be quite full oh, of bullshit. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah and back then there were so few. Triple J had an immense amount of power in the live scene back then.
0: Oh, definitely. I remember even recovery, um, the gig here and stuff. like.
1: Yeah. So getting on one of those shows meant more than just getting the Local actual gig. Exposure, it was, it was bigger. You got, yeah. to, you got to deal with their booking agents and all these people that I was dealing with anyway. Yeah. But to everyone else, it seemed like I was just slotting us onto all the choice gigs. But it's just—it's no different playing to a room yep. with nobody in it, and the same room with nobody in it when there's 500 people standing outside. Yeah, you're still playing to nobody when you're a nobody. Band. Yeah,
0: I, <laughs> so. yeah. Look, I, I wouldn't be too worried about it. It's it, also my personality type to not give a shit what people think yeah. as well.
1: I guess when you're doing the MC role, it's different to a band though, because that's a stylistic choice. Whereas when you're emceeing something you've done yourself, that's a very specific skill set within the comedy world. You're not doing a set, quote, unquote, you're doing something else. Do you want to talk talk people through what an MC does that's different to what a stand-up traditionally does?
0: Yeah, so the, the MC just basically runs the night. So, um, you know, you make sure that the artists are on time, you, you craft it in a sense, you make yep. sure it, it keeps its beat Um.
1: There's a there's a business side in that MC role. Oh
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, you got a few hats on. You also gotta be funny though. That's the other thing. Like you you set the state of play in that space because if the MC is rubbish, doesn't matter how good the acts are, the audience will hate.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because it's just too much up and down, I guess, through yeah. the night.
0: Yeah. And I've I've been to local things where they've had MCs. And I've even offered venues to MC for them because I can do it. There's one, oh, mate! <laughs> like you could tell on people's faces that they're like, "Oh, not this guy again!" Like because yeah. every time in between acts, like people are thinking, "Just fuck off!" Like yeah. you're not funny, go away. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, I've seen I've seen that as well. It, yeah. yeah. You, you get a lot of responsibility being the MC.
1: Yeah, I guess it's funny because. Of my general energy levels, it's something, it's probably when I I think about stand-up, as you progress through, there's people like I was just talking to Dane Simpson from Wagga. Yeah. When I spoke to him, he just has... Like he just calms down 10% and he's like just himself. He only yeah. needs to ramp it up a tiny bit and he, he is a master of ceremonies guy.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. Whereas I yeah. am
1: whatever the opposite of that is. Yeah. My energy is way over the other way. Yeah. I mean, I had a fantastic time talking to him, but we it took us a few minutes to find our equilibrium energy-wise because yeah. he was one very hyperactive, happy person and I'm the opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not sure. That's one thing that scares me about comedy is that, there's an expectation that at some point you'll need to be suitable for MC stuff.
0: No, I don't think I don't think that has to be the case.
1: Do you think that the Australian scene might be, particularly with the North American comedy scene, it seems like a very linear progression? Yeah. You do open mics, then you do guest set, and you have to MC for X number of months or years. Nah. It's not like that here. I,
0: I don't think it's like that here.
1: Is that because we have things like the comedy festival and the gala and that? No, you know?
0: look, I, I think comedy as an art form, as a career, it doesn't have a natural progression. It's not linear. Yeah. It can go all over the place. Um, and being an MC, like, Dane is a phenomenal MC, but he, like, he does that at Riverina Comedy Club, which is his club up in Wagga. And it's partly, like, the reason why I do it just keeps me sharp yeah. doing it. And it would be doing the same thing for him as well. Because
1: I guess you would either be doing nothing running the show or doing you're MCing and running.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. So it's just easier to do it <laughs> if if you're there, but not everyone is cut to be an MC. And like I've learnt that by putting on people in the past who have said to me they can MC, and they get MC, and clearly they're they're gee actually now this is getting me to think about it deeply. They're at the open mic level of MC. <laughs> okay. So. Little rules like uh, you don't have to come back on in between every act yeah. and tell a joke. You really don't have to. Mm-hmm. If the audience loved it, just back call, bring on the next act. You know, it's it's the MC actually has to read that audience better yeah. than the comics yeah. themselves.
1: Is there a risk of, for instance, if we take the opposite of the scenario you just proposed there, is there a risk that, an MC that maybe wants too much of the limelight can actually kill an audience that's very hot from a great set. I've seen it. And then the MC wants their little time in the sun. I've seen it, yeah. Then the the next comic has to work X amount harder than what they probably would have.
0: Yep, because the MC cools them down for the next act. I mean, if, if you've got an act that basically raises the roof and just knocks it out of the park... Yeah, you're going to have to come on and tone it down because it creates too high an expectation for the next act. But if everyone's just doing really well, don't go back in and talk for five minutes about some shit no one gives a fuck about. Like, it's, it's cold. You, you kill the room and it's not fun. It's not fun to watch people do so that. So you,
1: you, how would you judge your own progression as an MC? Do you feel like you, how much better are you at that now than maybe when you first started doing Off the Rails? Um... Because you're still emceeing the regional rush hour or is that getting done by someone else?
0: No. Oh, look, I'm taking time off because I'm, like, right at the tail end of my MBA. Oh, yeah, well, um, that's hectic. Yeah, yeah. But, look, I, I took this month off and I've planned on taking next month and the month after. But, you know, I might jump up for an open mic spot because after this election I definitely have some material about.
1: Yeah, I was assuming that from watching your Facebook.
0: Oh, oh yeah, I've got some great material about it. but um. Yeah, it's it's one of those things I I guess I trust myself a lot more with MCing. I think I've understood I've learnt the relationship between the MC artist audience and space. Like it's yeah, it's not just about us up on stage. You gotta you gotta balance all of that.
1: So as someone who puts on shows and Let's take a hypothetical version of me that's actually funny. Yeah. And if that that person was to come to you and say, "I really want to be on stage, but I have no skill set or aspirations to ever MC something," do you think that that is a negative? No. No. Not at all. Yeah, because that I guess has been one of the things that's worried me most that I just really don't have that, you know, hyperactive entertainer mode in yeah. me. I mean, it's probably a skill you would get better at naturally, just. Dealing yeah, with audiences, like, but
0: I don't think hyperactivity even is a prerequisite. Yeah,
1: well, that's probably just me being using a lazy term for it.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I know the type of energy that uh, you're talking you about. Know that as there's well. just
1: born entertainer energy. A lot yeah. of some people have it. In some
0: something. people definitely have it, and um, if you ever, I strongly recommend you go up and check out Riverina Comedy Club. I know I should be plugging what I do down here, but get up to Wagga and check it out yeah. because you will see if Dane happens to be there to. MC that show, you'll most likely see his dad, Bo.
1: Yeah, I've <laughs> seen a few things. His
0: father is pure entertainer. You can tell yeah. where that apple has fallen. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> it's in the family.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's pure entertainer. And I think definitely Dane, amazing storyteller in that as well. It's just natural yeah. that he has a place on stage. Yeah. Um, but not everyone is, has that energy. Like for me on stage... Yeah, I I can get expressive, Um, I can do act outs and things like that, but I'm dry, like I'm low energy. I'm, I'm like I'll, I'll make you feel the weight of the world without wanting to kill yourself, you know, like that's my type of comedy. Yeah. I go into the darker spaces and the things we don't like talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's different styles.
1: Yeah.
0: And that suits me. So it, it, it's basically three key aspects of natural me. On steroids. Yeah. That's all it is.
1: I have my comedy heroes and it's funny, I've been thinking a lot about this because I'm planning on having a go at it. I absolutely adore Bill Burr and I like Sebastian Maniscalco and there's these guys who are real angry at the world yeah. and I think I love them because I'm not them. yeah. Like I can't be that outwardly angry at the world and everybody in it person and feel like I I would end up not being able to take myself seriously. Yeah. But I do have that slight bit of darkness in me. But mine, it might manifest differently. So I'm actually, there was a guy on YouTube and his name's Rob Bebenek, just a random dude from Canada. Yeah. I think he's from a place called Kitchener, which is, oh, in, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: in Ontario.
1: And it, I just saw him and I'm like, and it was just random. I stumbled on this person. I'm like, ah, oh, that's someone who is my energy. Yeah. Like he's got the same style of comedy that what they, they do, just without the bombastic part yeah. of it. So it's just, I guess that there's a little bit of, you're right, there doesn't seem to be a prototype or, or an archetype for a comedian. No. Yeah, I mean, no. those guys probably are the archetypes now of the modern
0: well, comedians. It, de- it depends on who, who you look at. Like, I I'm like, sure
1: you like people that you don't have any performance elements that are the same as.
0: Yeah, yeah like um, Anthony Jeselnik is one of my faves. Yeah, he's um, hilarious. Yeah. yeah, Eddie Izzard. Oh, my God, absolute legend. I love Eddie.
1: We couldn't be any more different from those two, I wouldn't think. I know, right? (laughs) They're
0: they're so different. And then, like, Gina Yashir for me, like, I, being half Asian as well, like, I love playing on those lines of of race and culture and stuff, Um, you know. And so, yeah, Gina Yashir is probably, although she's Nigerian, um, that sort of ethnic comedy, I love it as well. Um, I was a big fan of black comedy on ABC too. Like, Yeah. (laughs) I think we are all saying, what's this then slat for ages? I don't know if you've seen black comedy, no, I very, haven't. very good, well worth checking out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's people that I like. Uh, Robin Williams, some of his, like, oh, they're just gold. Like, he's one on golf, brilliant, you know. Um, YouTube, but it's well worth checking out. Um, so, so, yeah. I suppose, would you
1: say that, like, I'm thinking about that as someone who's had a history in the music business where you kind of build yourself as a credible version of the archetype like we want to sound like we want to be seen to be in that genre there's certain things that bands in that genre do really really well do you think comedy is something where you need to there's a lot more self-discovery involved yeah. by being on stage
0: yeah i think so actually yeah at least with a band you know what genre usually you know what genre you want to be
1: and within a very short amount of time you you know if you're good at it
0: yeah because that feedback comes back pretty quickly you just feel
1: it in the room of, okay that's Better than we were last week. Yeah. And it's better than the average bandit. Yeah, x style of music. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I think. Okay, so for me, where I'm at, it, it's more. I know who my audience is, and that's something that has developed. That's taken time yeah. to figure that out. Like I know where I sort of go. Like going back to those three aspects of myself, where does that lend itself most? um Yeah, I know who my audience is, and I think. The end of the day it wasn't about here is someone I like and I want to not emulate it but move towards that it's it's not that whereas with music when I was a kid I if I could have been Maynard James Keenan I would have you well, know
1: well, yeah he's my hero too <laughs> I guess I started worrying about the time there but you just ended up talking about Maynard what let's finish up by talking about maybe the most talented person that's existed since Leonardo da Vinci, in my opinion. <laughs> what is it that you love most about Maynard?
0: I love just his beautiful, brutal poetry almost. Um, it's so good, so yeah. dark and deep and he just taps into these parts of the human psyche that so many of us just – are oblivious to, and I think he's he's so intelligent as well. Like when he was in the army, you could tell he wasn't cut out for it. You know, he's, he's very much anti-establishment. He would have been able to
1: see through a lot of the BS of that Yeah, kind of yeah, system. and I think yeah. that
0: fueled you know, a lot of his creative pursuit. And even with, um, see, after Maynard James Keenan, I really wanted to be Paz Chanton from A Perfect Circle. <laughs> I've even got a red bass guitar. I don't yeah. know how the fuck to play it, but I got one right. Um, yeah, so but music, you can look at that. I think most people can and go, I would love to be able to create what they do. I'd love to be able to speak and make sound and, and create motion around what they're doing and and how they're expressing it. And comedy, I don't know, like for some people it's a self-indulgent wank, you know, like (laughs) it's, it's, some people just aren't cut out for it. You got to look at your motivation. So for me, I want to, Change things. I want to sneak in little ideas about how to think about things differently.
1: Yeah,
0: um, and that's that's my angle.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, thank you, Jade. Thanks, uh, Josh. What have you got? Is there anything coming up in the next little bit where people can see you perform, or will this be post NBA well, where you're back no, on stage?
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing – I'm going to be at some shows locally, but I won't be doing much at them. Um, So I strongly recommend people come along regional rush hour, third Friday of the month. I may or may not get up for an open spot, but there are two open spots at that.
1: How does someone approach? Who does someone approach to get to have a chance at those open spots on those particular gigs? Normally, I'm assuming it would have been you in the past. But
0: well, yeah, no, you still approach me because I I organise everything except I pay an MC to come in and do it. Either chat to me on the night or um, find our Facebook page. It's Off the Rails Comedy. And you'll see a pink banner with some artists standing in front of it. We're all looking really happy. That's the main Facebook group. There's one in Saddleworth in the UK and we've been getting them mixed up the whole time.
1: Okay. right, uh, It's not the one in the UK.
0: No, definitely not the one in Saddleworth. Uh, Jump on there and send the page a message and um, I can add you to the lineup.
1: Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time and thanks everyone for listening. Punchingsideways.com for everything, sharing and listening. And if there's someone that's interested in comedy, maybe they might want to get up up and have a go. Righto, just reach out to Jade on Off The Rails Comedy. I'll link all that up in the show notes. Righto, catch up. Bye.